Welcome to Team Building Cultures, the podcast designed to deliver tools and tips for improving team communication, collaboration, and fostering a culture where teams thrive. Now, here's your host, Beverly Hathorne, owner of Strategic HR Consultants. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Team Building Cultures. Today, I'm very excited to have Bruno Pesic. Bruno helps business leaders innovate profitably. He is a rare innovator who can claim that he's worked on a regulation-defying freight train and an award-winning board game. In addition to his corporate experience with brands like DNV, which is a global company that regulates vessels, and DNB, which is a a global financial company, as well as Consberg Group, Bruno runs a community of entrepreneurs of several thousand members. He is currently undertaking a doctorate in organizational change with a specific focus on the issues with innovation in large enterprises. Bruno has co-authored the Augmented Strategy Book, a practical guide to making better decisions using data and human intuition. That's really exciting. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bruno. Happy to be here, Beverly. Thank you. And Bruno's joining us all the way from Oslo, Norway. I mean, I can barely pronounce it, let alone I've never been there, never been close, but it's just so exciting that nowadays we can just reach out across the world and and have a nice chat with people so so Bruno I think that's wonderful yeah yeah I think that's really awesome and I see behind you that you have um a a a video game there in the electronic game is that one of the games that you've worked on in the past this one yes uh yes it is uh this one behind me is actually a physical uh board game done uh, all the way before pandemics and everything that prevented us to hang out uh, together. So uh, it was made specifically uh, to bring people together to develop uh, innovation skills through uh, a simulation of reality, but the feelings are still real. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Awesome. So today, Bruno is going to give us five ways to kind of spot innovation opportunities, and he's going to help us understand how we can create a culture where innovators can grow. So I'll just jump right into my questions here, Bruno. One of my first questions is, when you hear the word innovation or innovator, what does that mean to you? Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a very good question, uh, Beverly, that's often uh, skipped because innovation is one of those words. If you ask 10 people, you're going to get 20 definitions. So it definitely makes sense to check in with each other. uh, What is this innovation you speak of? Uh, So for me, when I talk about innovation, I take a very high level uh, definition where innovation is something new that creates value. Now it's important to distinguish two elements here. Uh, New doesn't have to be new to the history of mankind. We are quite inventive as species. We came up with a lot of stuff. It has to be new for the innovators, the one doing innovation, and it has to be new for the ones receiving that. When it comes to value, it's important to remember there has to be value for the customer or the recipient of the innovation, but also value for the innovator. Because if the innovator isn't able to capture back some of that value they have created, they won't be able to continue 
innovating. So that is kind of the high level uh, definition of innovation I operate with. And I've experienced that most people have similar or elements of that. It is just sometimes they need to be reminded that, hey, there needs to be some value. Otherwise, it's just invention. Awesome. Well, that's interesting because you don't think as the provider, as the one that's actually needing value, but I guess the innovator takes their new creation, for lack of a better word, and then they can expand on that, um, their learnings and the developments from that for the next big thing that they, that they innovate. That's interesting. So tell me a little bit about how we can create a culture or how we can build a culture to support innovation for our mm-hmm. innovators to grow. How can we, what are the elements we need to have in such a culture? So this is this is a million dollar question for organizations, both big and small. And I could probably speak way, way too long, but I want to focus uh, on a little bit more personal uh, side of it, because th- there are many ways to approach like innovation, innovators, etc. And one of the things that uh, I think is a bad practice, and I want to call it out, is uh, when people expect that they can mandate others or demand from others like hey from today you are going to be more innovative because we decided this company is now innovation leader bam you're the innovator go innovate that's uh, it's <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> i cannot find polite words for the podcast <laughs> to express my displeasure with that what is a much better approach is is to give opportunity for everyone to innovate, but not demand it of everyone. And this is an important reminder because uh, especially when it comes to innovation in companies that are, let's say, more technologically oriented, so they have uh, technical products or they have uh, expert-driven products, uh, they will usually gatekeep innovation. They will say, oh, you haven't finished that and that type of uh, university. You don't have that and that type of diploma. Therefore, you have nothing to contribute, which is nonsense. Like, okay, you might be in the business of uh, making freight trains like I was long, long time ago, but that doesn't mean that only engineers have something to contribute. People from sales, procurement, operations, even accounting have something to contribute because they also are observing how the business is run. They're observing how the customers are reacting. Therefore, they have something to add. Uh, What I'm trying to say, it is better to create a corporate culture, a company environment where people feel that they're empowered to bring forward their proposals and ideas, and they know uh, there are specific pathways for their ideas and proposals to be handled. Because people don't hate being rejected. They hate being ignored. That's that, that, that's kind of the worst thing you can do to your innovators and potential innovators. Uh, it was very popular in the Americas, in, in the Europe, to organize the so-called hackathons and ideatons, which is basically one day to two day event where you gather all your employees and you ask them to give you ideas. You know, like uh, five, six years ago, that was very, very popular, especially with the boom of uh, so-called design thinking. Uh, What usually happened was uh, you would gather, there would be a lot of buzz, a lot of creativity, a lot of energy, and people would do their best to come up with ideas for the company. And then they would never hear back. So next time you invite them to give proposals, they're hesitant 
or are even boycotting. They tell their colleagues, oh, it's a waste of time. Don't go there. Like I went there last year. Yeah, we had some uh, pizza, some food, some cool music, but nothing came out of it. So it's important to follow up, even if it is a no. It's such a small time investment for the management layer that has such great returns. How is that landing with you, Beverly? Is this resonating with your experience as well? I'm totally in alignment with you, particularly when we talk about the culture that we need to create for our employees. I look at the culture as similar to um, a good metaphor for me because I'm a plant mom would be the culture is the soil in which our employees are there to grow. And you have to nurture that and you have to create a system where, like you said, they can bring their ideas and their thoughts free of fear of judgment or rejection or being told you're out of line or that's not your place. Just because you don't have a certain diploma, as you mentioned, or didn't go to a specific school or even come from a certain field of study does not mean you don't have thoughts and ideas that could be turned into something big for the company, you know, or something big for the organization. And sometimes organizations tend to look at things like skill and knowledge instead of um, energy and collaboration when they look for innovation. So Mm -hmm. I am totally in alignment with you. And and I'm really glad that you brought that point out. That's something that leaders need to consider more. Find out what people have to contribute. Don't just pigeonhole them or put them in a box based on what you think they might know or what you think they may have that's value. You might be surprised. So along with that, what would you say we could, how could we recognize a potential uh, innovator? How could we recognize in a person, hey, I think they've got something to give. So maybe they're not, open, or like you said, maybe they've been turned away before and decided I'm not going that route again. How can we, how can leaders, what can they look for to see what they can bring out in their employees? Okay. So uh, I would propose looking at three distinct uh, traits that might be a signal. Hey, this person has, has something. Uh, Let's try to, you know, help them, nurture them, help them develop, put them in a fertile soil. Uh, It is possible that one person has all three of those traits. Uh, These traits can also be developed, encouraged, nurtured. So one is uh, a person that asks a lot of questions. Uh, It's important. It's not just about asking questions. Uh, When you see a person asking questions with intent to learn, not to like provoke or those, you know, leading questions, but but kind of trying to understand. You usually see it when people join the organization and they have a lot of these uh, questions, you know, oh, why is it done that way? Oh, how did it lead to this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then after some time, organization starts, you know, clapping on that, like, hey, you know, you've been told, you've been explained, et cetera. At the same time, they want people to like be curious, be innovative, be creative, while what they're doing is not congruent with what they're saying. So they're kind of punishing these questions. So you want both people that have continued asking questions. And as a leader, you don't want to, to punish questions. 
the easiest way to actually avoid that because uh, the conflict appears when we ask that an individual is questioned instead of a matter that's being discussed. It's important to be able to separate uh, the idea, the proposal, the issue, the, the discussion point uh, from the individual. So Beverly, I'm not questioning you. I'm questioning the proposal that you have put between us or that you're, you know, what you're proposing for us to do. It, it should be respectful. It should be cordial. But both you and me, Beverly, we should be able to wrestle really hard with, with that proposal, with that idea. So curiosity, inquisitiveness, that's one trait. Like if you see a signal, hey, I want to give attention to that person. They might have, let's say, higher potential to be a, a good innovator. So, Another trait is restlessness. Like, like people, you know, you, you see them, they, not just uh, questions, but kind of, they, they cannot just sit, uh, uh, stay put. They're always kind of moving around the organization, uh, asking uh, not just questions, but kind of trying to do, okay, could we do that? Could we do this instead? Have you seen what just happened? Like our competitors just came up with this. Oh, I was reading those newspapers and that new cool thing. Oh, chat GPT, uh, what's, what's happening with that? So it's kind of uh, a restless person that, that's always, you know energetic looking around etc some people might say hey like what, what's what's this they have adhd they're neurodivergent like, oh my god you know uh, put them on the pills or something no they're just enthusiastic they're energetic and they're releasing it into environment but the environment is not giving them back what they need so that, that person could be a high potential innovator they just need to be coupled with someone who is able to basically navigate their energy and point them they're throwing their energy in all the directions because truth to be told and to no insult to any listener that might be in the management, management in a company might fail to provide actually clear direction, clear strategy, clear objectives. So the person is also a little bit confused. So they're just following their own interests. And the third trait that is very, very important uh, and sometimes overshadowed in the innovation world, and that is tenacity, ability to actually suffer through everything that's necessary. I'm not talking about uh, mobbing and, and the workplace abuse. I, I'm just talking in general, innovation is a difficult process. It has a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, which is a natural part of innovation process because it's very, very uncertain. Like you might have the best people, the best ideas, it may still not work out because who knows what, you know, the world's changed. We've seen the world dramatically change twice over the last three years. So something that was great today could be bad tomorrow. And you, you have to be able to take that, you know, that it doesn't ground you and that you just don't give up and suffer from dramatic burnout or something. So tenacity here is very, very uh, useful trait as well. Uh, these three are not mandatory in a way, hey, you must have all these three to be an innovator. But I say these three are good signals that, hey, that person might be worth attention, might be worth, you know, having a chat with you and maybe some encouragement. Have you thought about taking on this type of project that's more about innovation, more about value creation? Would you dare to step out of your comfort zone and try it out? And you might be surprised with what these people have to share back. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like all three of those traits and I see where they would be great um, together. 
But even independently, as you said, they don't need all three of those traits, but even independently, for instance, the tenacity, the ability to keep going through iteration after iteration of your thought or your product or your new idea until you nail it just right. You know, I'm sure that most of the great innovators, it, it wasn't, you know, Eureka, there it is. It was Eureka, I finally got it, you know? So, you know, nothing like comes about probably most things the first time you've got to trim it and rearrange it and reposition it and keep trying until you get it just right. And then particularly, I like the inquisitiveness. You know, when people are inquisitive, that means their mind is working. And that's when you can get the collaboration that you need. If you can understand how that looks and to pull that out and to grow that and to help them develop that. They might not even be aware that they're innovating. They but but they know that there's something on the tip of their tongue that they can't quite, you know, get it out and I'm I'm thinking of a better way to do this or you know, I'm wondering if you know we need this type of product or we need a new process. So, and then definitely the restlessness, you know, when people are trying to find where they belong, where they can best uh, support their growth and their energy and provide to the organization. So, yeah, those are really three, three really great traits that I definitely think um, we need to pay attention to when we're looking at potential innovators and so that we make sure we don't miss our potential innovators. So with that, what when you look at innovation, what are some innovation mistakes that you may have seen? Some things that you think, okay, well, maybe they should have left that on the drawing table, you know, or you know, <laughs> what are some of the mistakes uh, that you've seen? So I already uh, mentioned one, but I want to call it out explicitly, and uh, that is uh, going hard on people. You should go hard on ideas, not on people. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that is so, so, so important to, to remember because that's the easiest way to kill innovation in your organization if you take it personal. Because remember, ideas are free. You should be spending ideas, not money. But you cannot spend ideas if you crush people's spirits and insult them on a daily basis instead, <laughs> instead of focusing on ideas. So th that, is, that is one that is so simple but so difficult because it requires us to individually change. And that is that's sometimes uh, difficult because uh, the 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 older we are, the, the longer we have been on this world, the more we are set in the way we speak to each other. So it, it gets uh, more difficult to change it. Uh, another thing that's very important uh, when it comes to especially innovation is uh, something that's called sunk cost fallacy. Forget about how much you have been working on it. That should not matter in deciding if we are moving forward or not. If you've been doing this for two years and have invested, I don't know, $2 million, that doesn't mean you should keep investing more millions and keep working on this idea. You should stop and you should reassess. Okay, how is the market reacting? What have you learned? What do we want to do next? That's very, very important. A very simple thing uh, to prevent from happening. And uh, one more brief mistake uh, to share. <laughs> Again, Beverly, you hit me with a topic I could be speaking way too, too long about, but I want to focus on just one simple one. And that is when people confuse thoughts for ideas. 
A thought is unfinished. It, it, it's just a string, something that came to you. The problem is if you think that it's an idea, you will take that thought and then you will start analyzing it, prioritizing it, uh, taking it to conversation, discussions, etc. That's a waste of time for everybody. An idea has clearly who is it for, what is it about, and how are they going to benefit? It doesn't have to be like a 30-page answer. It can be like three sentences or one sentence, but there is something there that is then worth of further prioritization. Maybe Beverly, you and I need to go and test this idea, but just a thought. If I have a thought, it's my job to clarify that thought into an idea. I could ask you, Beverly, for your input, etc., but I should not involve 20 people to refine that from that thought to idea. I'm focusing on these small things because the larger the organization is, the more they can save by, by avoiding these small mistakes on a bigger scale instead of going and looking for that one big mistake to never happen again. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you dropped a nugget there. Ideas are free. Listen to that, folks. Ideas are free. So when you see that someone has an idea, let's try to develop it. Let's try to expound on it because at that point, it hasn't cost anybody anything. And it might end up being the next best thing, the next great thing. So, and there is a difference between a thought and an idea. A thought is just kind of a fluffy little thing floating around there, but an idea has shape. It has form. It has parameters. We know who's going to benefit from it. We know how it's going to work. You know, we know what we need to do to put it into action. So there's a difference between thoughts and ideas. But I really like that nugget. Ideas are free. Let them flow. Don't hinder them. Don't shut them down. Sometimes uh, people get into a position where your idea might be something that they just want to take as their own or, you know, or maybe, you know, they want to develop it themselves, but, you know, ideas are free. So just let them go, let them go. And even though you might have some sunk costs at some point, maybe just kind of reassess your position, your thoughts and, and, you know, how you've got your idea aligned and maybe you need to switch from East to West or from North to South or, you know, up to down or something. Maybe you need to make some changes, but if, if you think that idea will work, keep it pushing, definitely keep it pushing. So Bruno, these were some very good, really good nuggets that you dropped on us today. Thank you very much. So I want to kind of move on to let our listeners know what special offers or opportunities you have that uh, you're promoting today that they can take advantage of. First, Beverly, uh, it's always my pleasure to share more with people that are happy to learn more. So I hope that your listeners try at least one thing. You pointed out some nuggets. I was uh, nodding all the time for those that do not have video. Like I, I almost got a neck injury from all the nodding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in terms of offers, I like to keep it very simple. I was very lucky to have parents that supported my education. I was very lucky to have mentors that were happy to satisfy my curiosity. So Everything I learn, I share freely and openly on my website. Everything we discussed today, if you want to learn more, just go to www 
P-E-S-E-C.no, and you will find a bunch of articles, bunch of resources about innovation mistakes, measuring innovation, setting up innovation teams, everything that Bear will ask me about and much more. Use it. Reach out if you need help. I will help if I can, but use it. Innovate better. Make a better world. I would love it. I'm sure Beverly would love it as well because we love helping people. Yes, we are definitely helping people. And I have a feeling you have a related book here. And I have a feeling that that book is also going to be very beneficial to our listeners. It's called The Nine Big Don'ts of Corporate Innovation. And you can get that at www.pesic.no slash nine big don'ts of corporate innovation. And I bet that there's other little gems and nuggets that everyone can use in that book. It sounds like a really interesting book. So Bruno, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today. If you will tell our listeners once again, how they can reach you. I just want to make sure that they got that because I'm sure we're going to be trying to reach out to you. Uh, Happy to www.pesec.no. Okay. All right. Bruno Pesic, innovation, showing us how we can find the innovators in our organizations, how we can nurture those innovators, what qualities to look for in those innovators, and what red flags to pay attention to what leaders don't want to do. Bruno, thank you again so much for joining us today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'm sure our listeners have picked up lots of different information and will be visiting your website. Thank you so much, Bruno. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Team Building Cultures. We hope we have delivered helpful and enlightening information to help you create your dream team. Join us next time.